Inflation for most people is causing them to use their credit cards to try and make up for income shortfalls. How big is this problem? In the second quarter of 2022, Americans added $46 billion to their credit card balances. Some of that could be you. The Federal Reserve Consumer Credit Report showed that the rate of interest on credit cards went from 14.56 to 16.65%. Those Americans struggling with credit card debt saw their delinquency rates escalate from 1.66% to 1.81%. The Cambridge Debt Consolidation program may be able to help you reduce the interest rates by two-thirds and cut your time to pay off the debt from 30 years to as little as five years. If you're struggling and you want professional and objective help getting your credit house in order, then call 1-855-435-2066. The Black and White Network now proudly presents Moms Across America, a new program where women can speak their minds openly and freely without fear of reprisal. Moms Across America is about the issues of the day confronting America from a mom's point of view. And now, here are the moms. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Moms Across America. Our guest today is Karen Stroham. Am I saying that correctly? No, you're not. You're like everybody else. Um, I think there's only been three people in the last 12 years who have ever gotten it right. So, um, Strawn. Strawn. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, thank you for clarifying that. So, Karen Strawn is our guest today. But before we get started with introductions with her, I always have to plug the free constitution. Remember, Moms Across America, you can get your free constitution at Ashbrook. Ashbrook dot org slash constitution so make sure you go and do that because we need to know what our rights are so we know when we're being cheated anyhow so now we have uh miss karen strong strong see i already messed myself up twice strong and i'm gonna make sure i'm doing this right so you are you are the founder of the Honey Badger Brigade? I'm I'm one of the co-founders, yeah. Okay, okay. And so the Honey ba Badger Brigade is a team of men and women who are interested in promoting the interests of men and boys in a cultural culture, boy, I'm getting tongue-tied today, that has largely left them behind in opposing ideological feminism. Well, is that really happening in America? <laughs> Shameful. Absolutely. Well, let's just get right into this. I was reading about you and watched your videos and and I thought, wow, she just she just makes it plain. And there was one statement that you made when you were talking about one piece about why men are not marrying. And while you were talking, I thought exactly up what you said right after I thought it. <laughs> and you know, it's that old saying from years ago, why buy the cow when you get the milk for free? I thought that was very interesting. So well, it's, it, it is true. It is true. But, um, but, you know, why also, you know, like, it's not just why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free. It's why buy the cow when the cow can just up and leave you at any moment. And while the cow's in your house, it's going to be nothing but trouble. So, you know, it, 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 it really is. It's not just that you can get the milk for free. It's that the cow is a bad investment. 
<laughs> overall. <laughs> well, can yeah, I? I fail to say who I am. My name is Vicki Tompkins, and my co-host is Annie Uvalis. Oh my goodness, what a morning! I guess I got so excited about being with you today that I just forgot who I was. But anyway, Annie, you had a question. Yeah, uh, we noticed, Karen. You and I have talked over the years uh, a shift in the uh, dichotomy between men and women in a relationship. Um, we have become a highly disposable society. So when you're not happy with someone, it's easy to walk out the door and look for something fresher on the other side of the meadow than to work on a relationship. And this is what's missing with society today. We've become so disposable and so accustomed to whatever the flavor of the moment is, we no longer invest in interpersonal relationships, which makes a very unhappy society. And this is something that you're fighting and trying to prove the point. Hey, we're worth fighting for a good relationship, a good, solid family, good, solid social foundation. Otherwise, we're got a bunch of unhappy people across the globe. Agreed. Agreed. You know, like what what feminism, this is why, you know, when I was asked the other day, would you describe yourself as an anti-feminist? And I said, no, I wouldn't describe myself as an anti-feminist. I would describe myself as the anti-feminist. Um, and it's because that ideology, right, the set of ideas that encompasses, you know, all forms of feminism, whether it's first wave, second wave, third wave, now we got the new fourth intersectional wave, uh, we've got the sort of feminist inspired LGBTQ plus wave, um, we've got all of these different waves of feminism, well, all what they all capitalized on was an adversarial relationship between men and women right where where we went from being men and women went from being complementary to being seen as nations at war we were no longer team players um we are now uh we have to compare everything. Do women earn every penny as much as men do? do? Do women have just as many positions in this field or that field or or uh, with, you know, this status, you know, CEOs in the C-suite, in politics, in all of these things? Women have to be exactly 50-50. Otherwise, men are cheating them out of something. And that's just not how men and women have always operated women have been uh, overwhelmingly represented in terms of charitable work, in terms of community volunteering, in terms of, of knitting the community together, bringing to, you don't see men arranging block parties or barbecues or, or think you see women in history typically doing those things, right? And yes, you, you don't need two CEOs in a marriage right you need the ceo and then you need the everything else the the chief executive of everything else sometimes sometimes that the ceo does not need to be the man sometimes that can be the woman right um but generally speaking the roles that men and women fall into if left to their own devices with no artificial supports or constraints with with nobody propping women up or pushing men down, probably about 85% of people would settle down into traditional monogamous relationships 
that last at least as long as it takes to raise all their kids. You're looking at a situation where we've completely thrown away the rule book on relationships between men and women, whether that's a a romantic relationship, a marriage relationship, a friendship relationship, father-daughter, sister-brother, all of our relationships between men and women now have this kind of a streak of animosity, of enmity going through the center of each of them, where we see each other as rivals rather than as, as partners, as fellow travelers, as teammates. It seems like in the in the feminist movement in particular, women want men to be like women. And I think that has probably caused some men to say, forget this, because, I mean, come on. My husband's a strong man. He's stronger than I am. I like that, okay? I don't want to be able to compete with my husband on the field, so to speak. Um, I want him to cover me. I I desire that. And I think if most women were honest, they desire that as well. But I think what has happened in the feminist movement, from my perspective, is that women are wanting men to be like women and mm-hmm. understand all their emotions and understand all these other things. Men just not going to always get it. They, they just not. And we need um, to be okay with that sometimes. Yeah, well... I think I think that women don't give men enough credit for you don't always have to understand exactly what someone is feeling and why to understand that and feel compassion that they're suffering right and or that they're they're having having troubles right that that is I think I think that we have over time um and you see this in the field of psychology that we've defined women as the default and when men don't conform to how women do things psychologically um when they don't have their intrasexual relationships their relationship same sex peers type relationships um if they don't have them in the exact same way that women do then those men are actually psychologically there's something wrong with them they're unhealthy no, that, that's actually not the case. There's all kinds of evidence from neuroscience and evolutionary biology. And, you know, even if you don't want to, even if you're not religious like me and you don't uh, think about things in terms of Adam and Eve, there is something to be said for those um, archetypes that exist in every culture, in every religion of what characterizes a man and how men relate to each other how they relate to women what characterizes a woman and how women relate to each other and to men all of those things are kind of universal across cultures including cultures that we would not we could never describe as civilizations uh, hunter-gatherer cultures in the amazon rainforest things like that there are these ways that men and women exist in the world and how they view the world, how they think about things, their patterns of being, um, their ways of feeling and expressing emotions that are just in general, by and large, hashtag not all, different. And uh, so what we're doing is we're pathologizing an entire sex because 
males don't behave, think, and feel the way females do. And I, I just find that so horrible. It's such an awful message to, I mean, it's one thing. I remember this one time, I this male feminist, he teaches, he runs a, a men, men's studies program in, uh, in I think it's uh, university, uh, New York State University um, in Stony Brook. And he, he said, you don't understand what the term toxic masculinity means. You need to take a women's studies course or a gender studies course in order to really understand what it means. And I said, well, so why are, if, if I need to take a university level course to understand what you mean when you say that, right? Why are you throwing it around like confetti at six-year-old boys? <laughs> Perfect. So. absolutely perfect and so yeah no six-year-old boys and girls are supposed to understand what gender is when they're still trying to understand what the heck another that other little kid is you know <laughs> you know there's another little kid that's all they understand they don't understand boys and girls they don't understand male female they understand mommy daddy and playmate yeah and well agreed agreed and you know like that kids can differentiate between men and women based on facial features and pitch of voice and things like that. For a very early age, three months old, they will respond differently to men and women speaking to them or, or looking at them or, or touching them, right? They, they much prefer women um, over men at that age. Um, but they don't have a concept of what they are themselves, which gender they are, or what characterizes a gender until they're three. And that's just the beginning of their building of uh, their self-concept as a boy or as a girl. That process lasts until at least age eight before it's even semi-solid. And, uh, and we're just trying to introduce them, untether them from biological reality you know, starting in preschool. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's horribly detrimental and confusing to children. Let's come back. Come back this, right? let's, let's talk a little bit more about that because you know, that's, that's a big issue right now that we need to uh, come to grips with and how we can help children, basically. So we'll be right back in a moment. We are Americans, male and female, from many races and cultures from all over the world. One thing above all else is we are patriots who protect our nation and defend, when necessary, our Constitution from attacks both foreign and domestic. Today, as American patriots, we must take back our country from those who want to destroy it and us. We must start by taking back our children and their education. Parents, not union, should be in charge of our children's education. We must be sure that they are taught about the greatness of America and its people. Our children should not be indoctrinated with the belief that parents are racist and are evil and trying to destroy the world. As patriots, we must take back our country from foreign nations who want to destroy us and our way of life. Yes, as patriots, we want America to be first. We want an open and fair trade policy, energy independence, safe cities, and secure borders where we can grow and prosper as a nation of free people. Become an American patriot. Help take back America by voting Republican. To Moms Across America, we are here with our guest, uh, Miss Karen 
Strawn. Strawn. Doggone <laughs> it. Hey, I'm from the South. I'm going to make that excuse, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so when we left off, we were getting a little bit into gender identity, what is, which is really happening a lot in our schools, in our society as a whole. So we want to get your take on this and what, I guess, what we can be doing as parents, grandparents, uh, how we need to talk to our children, how we need to go to school boards and stop this. You know, so many different aspects of this. What What is your take on all this going on? Um, well, you know, I, I think that the way I grew up, um, you know, I was born in 1970. And that was sort of the Marlo Thomas, free to be you and me, you know, time and, and all of that. And um, my parents had three daughters and no sons. And I was the third and I was the tomboy. And my parents were totally okay with that. My mom was a tomboy growing up. My dad didn't have a son to pass on his masculine wisdom to. Uh, mantras like, oh, if there's no blood, it doesn't hurt and stuff like that. <clears throat> um, and uh, so I, you know, I was, I was, and I loved doing boy things with my male friends and and man things with my learning how to butter floor tiles and and tinker with a carburetor and things like that so i i loved being that way and they they let me be that way and it was great and i was never told by anybody that that meant that i was actually a boy it just meant that i was my kind of girl and so i had no confusion whatsoever um, what I think is happening now is we've done a complete reversal. Um, back when I started uh, talking about men's issues and gender issues, I was called a biological essentialist and a, and a biological reductionist. And, you know, you just think all women have to be one way and all men have to be another way and, and all of that, because I dared to acknowledge that most women are one way and most men are a different way, right? Um, but now I feel like it's returning to like that. They're the biological reductionists, uh, reductionists. Now they're the, uh, the gender essentialists. Now they're the ones that saying that if you're a boy and you dare to like pink or, you know, like playing with dolls or, you know, think, uh, gluing, uh, glitter and rhinestones onto clothing is like, a super fun activity then you actually are a girl no no but that's what these kids are being told they're actually having it suggested to them by adults in positions of trust that maybe maybe because you're a girl who likes boy things you're not actually a girl maybe you're actually a boy and did you know that you could become a boy right no no you can't right you can become a trans person a trans boy, a trans girl, a trans woman, a trans man that will never make you male or female. You, you are the sex you were born as. You have two X chromosomes. If you have at least one X chromosome and no Y chromosomes, you are female. If you have at least one Y chromosomes, no matter how many chromosomes you may have, you are male. That is the definition. If you make the big gametes, uh, the egg cells, the ova, 
you're the female. If you make the small gametes, the sperm, you're the male, right? And that is all there is to biological sex. But we now have uh, people in academia, uh, so-called um, science historians, uh, who who say that biological sex doesn't even exist, and and that the the uh, science has accepted. <clears throat> and I, I just I just look at these people and I'm like, are you insane? What are you doing? What are you doing? And then on top of that, okay, yes, you can cosmetically change yourself to look like the opposite sex anybody can do that however what you have is a situation where if you do that you're not changing your essential biology and you're not changing your chances right and this is the horrible thing that they put in front of parents to get them to buy into letting their children do this is well you have two choices you can have a dead son or a living transgender daughter right or vice versa suicidality is not reduced after transition neither uh, hormonal nor surgical mental requirement for mental health services use of mental health services and uh psych psychiatric dr drugs does not reduce it's not decreased with transition and possibly the most atrocious thing about <clears throat> this new <clears throat> philosophy regarding children and puberty blockers and uh, and all of that is that puberty is the nat natural cure for trans identifying youth um in 85 percent of cases if you just let the child go through puberty they come to terms with the fact that you know actually i do kind of feel like the sex i was born as um and uh, and then they go on and live normal lives right if you stop that process you are preventing a self-cure in 85 percent of these cases a complete recovery without any intervention at all and if the massive dose of sex affirming hormones at puberty is enough to to bring these kids out of this kind of mismatch between a couple of structures in their brain and their biological sex if sex affirming hormones can cure them of that um then basically wouldn't the first treatment you would reach for if somebody if it was just an absolute emergency and this kid was in such bad psych psychological shape that you needed to intervene in some way wouldn't the first intervention you try be sex affirming hormones hormones that would make them feel a girl feel more like a girl make a boy feel more like a boy wouldn't you try that first right because that doesn't involve a lifetime of hormone uh they call it hormone replacement therapy it's not a replacement it's cross-sex hormones uh it doesn't require any uh using cancer drugs on them to block puberty which is what they are they're used off-label remember all the big frou-frou over um over 
uh, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and how ooh, doctors can't prescribe things off label. That's it. They hasn't been through double blinded clinical trials. You know, um, it's used off label. Bad, bad, bad. Yeah. These drugs to block puberty, they're cancer drugs. They're not, they were never tested for this. They were, ne there was never any clinical trial for their use in children to, to block puberty, right? We don't have any longitudinal studies. Uh, the, the first 10 year studies are just finally coming in and they're not looking great, right? So I, I'm just like, why would you, and sterility, right? Yeah. Massive surgeries with huge complication rates. Like why, why would you want that for your child when leaving things alone, has an 85% likelihood of turning out absolutely fine, normal life. Maybe if they, maybe they'll turn, because most of them, the majority of them who grow out of it, they become gay adults, but at least you can have biological children with, you know, you, naturally, you can, you can, you don't have this lifetime of, of hormones and, and, all of the surgical complications and everything else that goes along with it. it. It just being gay complicates your life. Being trans really, really, there is no part of your life that does not become complicated. Karen, her life. But I, but I got one question. Um, how dare you allow the big pharmaceutical companies, these big medical facilities, not make their money off the back of these confused individuals and families? How dare you deny them their profit? Oh, and how dare I deny an 11 year old the right to decide what he's going to eat for dinner, let alone whether he wants to loft his tallywhacker off. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, when I when I when I look at it, just like you, Karen, I was like, what 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 are you guys smoking that you would think this is logical that you would would, would do this? Because like you, uh, growing up, I have six brothers, right? Oh. So I have four older brothers. <laughs> My who condolences. Yeah, who are you gonna who do you think I'm gonna copy? Mm -hmm. I'm going to climb the trees. I'm going to ride the motorcycles. I'm going to do all the stuff that my brothers did. They were my brothers and they were older than me. So of course I'm going to follow them around. Not one time in all of my life did my mom say to me, oh, well, you know, you may be a boy too. Never. No. That never happened. And when I got to a certain age, everything changed. Yeah. And I knew exactly who I was. Those are my brothers. I'm their sister, <laughs> you know? Well, you know, and, and this idea that, you know, well, we have to block puberty because they're going to get more distressed. And it's like, who isn't distressed during puberty? I remember age 14 sobbing into my mother's shoulder because I didn't have these babies. Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, I didn't have boobs like all the other girls. And then at age 15, after I expanded five cup sizes in yep. one summer, Right. I was like, I hate these things. Take them away. <laughs> Sobbing into her shoulder again. They, they, there is just no, everybody is uncomfortable with their body when they're going through puberty. Everybody hates what's happening to them. Oh my God, I'm getting hair here. And oh my God, I'm getting hair there. And oh my God, and I don't have my sons, you know, they were, uh, Oh, I seem to be cursed with a thin beard, you know, and and then all of a sudden they turn into the Sasquatch, right? And then they're unhappy too, right? Yeah. 
and, and that's normal. And and I think what we're doing is we're trying to tell kids you're not normal. But we're we're trying to tell them the only way to be normal is to be abnormal, right? And and I think that the transgender community is largely trying to normalize it because just think of the term cisgender, right? Uh, in math and physics, trans is the opposite of cis, right? So if something transitions, it's trans. If something in isotopes and stuff, in something, if something is like in its natural state, it's cis, right? Well, okay. So they, before that, the invention of that term, it was trans people and normal people. They didn't want to call people who were not trans normal people because then that implies that trans people aren't normal, right? Yeah. Now it seems like they just want to make a legion of more of trans people, just legions of them, create them so that they themselves can feel normal. And they want to push these kids into the decision so that they can reassure themselves that they made the right decisions themselves. And I guarantee you a lot of them didn't and a lot of them regret it. And they're more and more coming out every day. And I just can't wait until the lawsuits start pouring in because you know like you look at it they're going to be suing their parents they're going to be suing their healthcare providers they're going to be suing anybody that they can sue um to make up for the fact that they completely destroyed their 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 bodies and now they regret it because they weren't any happier for it and there and what will be the answer for them other than suing Agreed. And what's going to change anything other than suing? Right. And they're still going to be miserable even after the lawsuit's over. What are you going to do then? I mean, it's already happening where people who have gone through the transition process, especially the the young teenagers, they're saying, you have destroyed my life. Yeah. And how could we not see that happening? I mean, we're supposed to be the adults and we're supposed to be the ones that are leading and guiding children into making we're supposed to be the moms yes across yes. america and canada <laughs> nice plug <laughs> a really nice plug well miss karen thank you so much for being with us it has been a pleasure having you on the show and moms across america as i always say you are america and we'll see you next time bye-bye Thank you for joining us today, and we'd like to hear your comments or questions. So go to bwradionetwork.com, that's bwradionetwork.com, and give us your questions or comments. And thanks for joining us today.